0: How many ever wondered, how do I hear God? Come on, anybody in the room? How can I hear God for myself? And then, let alone follow what God wants me to do. Well, this Wednesday night, we're going to be talking about that. And uh, we want to encourage you to come out and be with us. And I really think you guys should really come out on Wednesday nights. We, we had church last Wednesday. We had people getting slain in the Spirit, people speaking in tongues. I mean, it was a great time and a great fellowship. So on, on uh, Wednesday night at 7 o'clock out here, we want to encourage you to come out and be with us. Uh, I just want to say today, I have really, really good news to bring. And that good news is that Jesus is coming back to earth someday. I mean, the Lord Jesus himself is coming back. And it begins, I believe, it begins when he catches his bride away. And then he will return with his church someday. And he'll establish his millennial reign. And after that, that will usher us into eternity with him forever and ever. And I don't know what all awaits us, but I know it's going to be fun, and I know it's going to be great, and it's going to be glorious. And uh, today, I want to begin a new series, and this is, this is the series, I want to talk about your end-time survival guide. Over the next few weeks, I want to talk about the times in which we are living right now, what God's Word has to say about it. I'm going to look at different passages over the next few weeks. Today, we're going to begin in Matthew chapter 24. And uh, we're going to start there, but we're going to look at some important passages of Scripture that talk about the return of Jesus and what that means, and what that means for us in the days in which we live. I don't know about you, but I think we're in the end days. I think we're in the last times. And uh, God wants us to be not only looking for that, but living for that. Now, you're going to have to get a little bit more amen-ish out there. I didn't wear my shirt. And you don't want the other way. So, come on, can I get a good amen out there? And so the Lord wants us not only to look for and long for His returning. those Those are scriptural words right there. But to live for His returning, because I don't want to just talk about what happens and when it happens, I want to I talk about what that means for us in the times in which we live. And so, I believe God has some things to say to us today. Today, I want to talk about, in our end time survival guide, I want to talk about discerning the times in which we live right now. And I'm going to come out of Matthew chapter 24. I think the words will come up on the screen, or if you want to turn in your Bibles, you can go there to Matthew chapter 24. And I want to begin at verse 3, where it says, Now Jesus sat on the Mount of Olives, and the disciples came to him privately, saying, Tell us, when will these things be, and what shall be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? And Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will deceive many." And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars, see that you are not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines and pestilence and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of sorrows, or a better translation, these are all the beginning of birth pains. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you. And you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will be offended and will will betray one another and will hate one another. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. But he who endures till the end shall be saved. Would you read those words with me? But he who endures to the end shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all nations. And then the end will come. That's the reading of God's word. So Father, thank you for your presence here today. Holy Spirit, we welcome you now in these next few moments to teach us to direct us into the truth about the times in which we're living and what you are calling, looking for in all of us, I pray, today. In Jesus' name. And everybody says, "Amen." Amen. I think that one of the most important things that we can do as children of God is to learn how to discern the times that we're living in. Discerning the times, I believe, is a spirit enabled ability to see what is really going on. It's when you're able by the Holy Spirit to look beneath the issues of the day and understand the larger cultural movement. I mean, we can just sit around and see what's going on and get mad and get frustrated, and get angry and cast our vote for this side or that side and get kind of all and get dismayed. By, but listen, God doesn't want us to be disenchanted with the times. He wants us to learn how to discern the times, to see what's really going on. After all, the apostle Paul said, we see differently now by the Holy Spirit. We are to see things not as they are, but we are to see into the heavenly realm. And so we need to really understand the lo- larger thing of what's taking place in all of the confusion and all of the crisis and all of the chaos that's going on around us. God wants us to be a discerning people. And the biblical pre- precedent for this is the men of Issachar in the Old Testament. The Bible said they were trained and skilled in understanding the times so that, quote, they would know what Israel ought to do. The Lord wants us to know what's going on in the earth today so that we will know what we need to be doing in these times that we live. Not be confused, not be frustrated, not give up hope, and certainly not just always look to get out of here, but look to live here until Jesus comes back again. (laughs) And so Jesus even, he, he cautioned, or actually criticized the Pharisees because they had, no, they had no discerning spirit. He says, every morning you wake up and you look up into the sky and you can tell the weather for that day by the color of the sky, but you don't even know how to discern what is right in front of you right now. You're missing it. And church, we can't miss it. We need to realize what's going on in our culture and in our earth and in our city and in our nation and all over this planet right now. And Jesus wants us to be aware. Listen, I'm telling you that failing to understand the times is disastrous. But if we will correctly discern what's going on, I think we can make the difference. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So Jesus taught his disciples to discern these last days. And so I believe that we need to learn this, and he talked about the signs that we're going to see, but he also gave us a strategy for how to stand in these times. And so that's my word today. I want to talk, first of all, to discern the times, number one, we need to see the signs that Jesus gave us. Now, in the passage that I read to you in Matthew chapter 24, the first 14 verses, Jesus gave five or six general signs of the church age that were going to be cyclical in nature. In other words, these are things from the time that Jesus ascended up into heaven to this very day. These are signs Jesus said were going to happen. They were going to keep coming. But he also said in verse 8, if you remember, he said, just keep in mind, These are only the beginning of birth pains. So what Jesus is saying in these signs, as every mother in the room understands, birth pains start low and slow, but they build momentum. And they begin to come with more frequency and more intensity. And as every mom knows, about the only way you know how to handle it, I wouldn't know, I was there. But I was half asleep half the time. But as every mother knows, you got to learn how to breathe through it. And we could take our cues from the ladies in the room here today about the times in which we're living. Because God wants us to learn what's going on and to understand these contractual pains. In other words, Jesus is saying, this is really going to hurt along the way. It's going to be painful, but oh, the glory when it's all over. Amen. Oh, the glory of what's coming. But we have to go through the pain, and we have to go through the birthing, and we have to go through the uh, the, the, the contractions of the pain of the experiences and the crisis that we face, because what I'm doing is going to far outweigh the pain. Amen. amen. Come on, can I get a good amen out there? Amen. And so he gives us some things that we need to... And, and it's all right here in the scriptures and so I just want to pull these out I want to talk about these and then I'm going to talk about what we do about it but first of all Jesus gave us this this sign he said the first thing we need to know is there's going to be deception in the church Jesus said I want you to take heed that no one deceives you he's talking to his disciples that no one deceives you turn to your neighbor and say he's talking about you He says, I want you. I'm not talking about the world out there who's already in darkness. I'm talking about you. Take heed that no one deceives you. He said, for many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ. And they will deceive many. And so there have been over the centuries and throughout the years, and we know them and we could call them out by name. There have been people who falsely called themselves the Messiah or the Christ. Even John Lennon said of himself in his drunken stupor to one of the other band members, I think I'm Jesus Christ. Now, I like the Beatles like you like the Beatles. But I don't like that. Because he wasn't the Christ, he isn't the Christ. But there, there have been false messiahs that have risen up that have claimed that they were the Christ. But Jesus isn't just talking about people who say that they are Jesus or Christ or the Messiah or the anointed one or the Savior. He's talking about fake ministers. People who say, I am of Christ. Listen to me. I have the true message. And he said, these people do not have the authority of God. They lead people astray. Here's what Peter wrote in 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 1. He says, but there were also false prophets among the people. He's talking about in the Old Testament even as there will be false teachers among you. He's talking to the church. Who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the Lord who bought them, and bring on themselves swift destruction. Listen, when anybody takes Jesus out of the equation, that is deception. When anybody denies the lordship of Jesus Christ and says that there is a multiple ways to get to God. Listen, church, you and I should know our Bible enough to know there is only one way to heaven. There is only one pathway to eternal life, and it's in no one else but in the name of Jesus Christ. We can't be deceived. We can't be deceived. And people, pastors, musicians, uh, uh, Christian artists, people who are are changing their message and altering their their convictions and turning away from the Lord Jesus Christ, I don't care how good it sounds, it's not of God. It's deception. Amen. Amen. Come on, can I get a good amen? amen? So anyone who denies the lordship of Jesus Christ or anyone who distorts the true word of God, That's deception. That's deception. Jesus said, this is a sign. And this will increase and come with greater intensity and frequency. And boy, does it feel that way right now. Jesus also said, here's another sign that Jesus said. There's going to be devastation upon the earth. hear of wars. And rumors of wars. See that you're not troubled, for all these things must come to pass. But the end is not yet, for nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines, and pestilences, and COVID nineteen, and earthquakes, and various places in all the world. We're going to see this happen. There's, Jesus said, there's going to be national conflicts, and there's going to be natural disasters. That are going to get worse and worse the longer we're in this thing. The farther we go, the more intense it will become. Even the Apostle Paul said, The, de- the, the days will grow increasingly evil. Amen. Hey man, come on. Are you out there? Am I yelling too much? Well, I'm on fire. If I'm, if I'm not on fire, I, I'm faking it. Listen. Jesus said, when you see disputing among the nations and wars, the nations will come at war with each other. And all out of, out of nowhere, out of nowhere, nation will just invade another nation. For whatever reason, it's going to happen. Let me tell you something. China is poised and ready to invade Russia any moment. They want Russia's land. They want Russia's oil. They want that place. To provide for all their people. And I'm not against Chinese people. But I'm not for the Chinese regime. (laughs) I'm not for that ideology. Let me say it that way. Some of the greatest Christians on planet earth are the Chinese people. They are passionate about the Lord. And God has flourished that nation. And by the way, over the last 50 years or even maybe 100 years, that's been the fastest growing part of the body of Christ on planet earth. Praise God. That's good news. So when you're listening to the news and they talk about China, don't hate the people. Don't hate the people. Amen. I got to be careful how I say things up here. But I wanted you guys to know that there's going to be these, there's going to come this. But he also said nation will rise up against nation and kingdom against kingdom. Let me break this down for you just a little bit. Nation, the word for nation in the Greek language is ethnos. It's the word that we get ethnicity from. He's not just talking about Russia against America or the South America against Mexico, he's talking about ethnic groups. People of different ethnic origin rising up. How are we seeing this right now in our own culture? The black against the white or the white against the uh, people of color or whatever. And these, these kind of ideologies rise up and they, and they bring a, a, drive a wedge. Let me, let me just tell you, in Christ there is neither male nor female, rich or poor. It doesn't matter the color of the skin, whatever nation you come from. Everyone in Jesus is on level ground. And we can't believe the lie. We can't get sucked into this stuff. But we need to understand that there's going to be, Jesus said, these things are going to happen. They're going to happen in our culture, in our time. And church, we can't let this get into our spirit and overcome us. We have to take our stand against it. But he also said kingdom against kingdom. And kingdom is a rule. Kingdom is a reign. It's an authority. It's an ideology. Listen, we say, I pledge allegiance to the United States of America. For, and for which, I, what is it? To the, to the republic for which it stands. Watch. One nation under God. Now wait, stop right there. We're not one nation. We're a divided nation. I mean, I, I believe I'm Listen, I'm a patriot. Don't don't throw rocks. I'm okay. I'm an American. I'm an American. But listen to me. We are most we are the most divided we've ever been. We have different ideologies, different kingdoms within our kingdom. And Jesus said, any kingdom divided against itself will not stand. He said, this stuff is going to happen. This is going to happen in the, in, the, in the earth today. Don't get swept away by it. Don't, don't be overcome. Don't be troubled. That's what he said. Don't be troubled. It's not over. It looks bad. It doesn't feel good. And we think, well, just cast your vote for the right side and all these problems will go away. Hey, it hasn't happened yet. And whoever you cast your vote for, half the nation feels like you did it wrong. This is going to happen. But don't be overcome. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The end is not yet. Oh, but you can feel the pain, can't you? It's painful. You can feel that contractual crisis going on in your soul and in your spirit. I mean, if you're alive and have any feeling at all, you feel it. Here's another thing Jesus said. Here's another sign. I'm taking way too long. He said there's going to be persecution of believers. He said then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you. How do you like coming to church and hearing that today? And he says you will be hated by how many nations? All nations for my name's sake. And then many will be offended and will betray one another and begin to hate one another because the pressure will become so intense. People will be jumping ship. People will be turning on one another. Listen, in the last 120 years on planet Earth, more people have been martyred for the Christian faith than in all the previous centuries combined. In the last 120 years. It is estimated by people who who calculate these numbers. That 100,000 believers every year die and are killed for their faith. I'm not talking about made fun of. I'm talking about killed. It is stated that 80% of all persecution that's happening on the earth today. Is against Christians. And here's how it starts. It begins with losing respect for you. Listen, the church in the United States of America has lost respect a long time ago. And maybe for some of our own undoing. Maybe we did it some, in some cases, we did it to ourselves. But not in every case, not in all cases. It's not, I don't want to make a blanket statement. It's easy, it's easy to beat up the church and say, well, if the church was better, being better. Jesus says right here, you're going to be hated because of me. It's not just because you don't always have it together. It's because of who I say that I am and then, and then who you say that I am. And So he said, you're going to lose respect. But then the next thing to come is you lose your rights. You know, the only ones that are really discriminated against in this nation are those who, doesn't, who don't think everything's okay. I'm going to say that again. The people who are discriminated against in this nation are those who don't believe everything's okay. If you don't subscribe to everything's okay, just let people do what they want. Everybody's got their own way. Everybody's got their own ideas. Everybody's got their own plan. And if you aren't okay with it, you're the one that's wrong. And so they'll take away our rights. The ultimate. Where this ultimately ends, eventually, is in taking your life. And I know that it's hard for us to wrap our brain around this in the United States of America. Because I think I'm being persecuted when they detour me on Montana Street. (laughs) That, to me, is persecution. Or, when I get a hankering for a Starbucks coffee, and they just decided to close down that day. That's persecution. Persecution. That's not persecution. But in our brain, that's really bad. Listen, we don't don't live in places right now where people literally have to go underground to have church today. Yeah, we should rejoice in the Lord for that. So Jesus said that'll be a sign. Here's another sign. There's going to come a defection from the faith. He said there's going to be many false prophets that will rise up and they will deceive many. And because of lawlessness will abound and the, love, and the love of many will grow cold. I want you to see, I want you to, I don't know if those words are up there. They're not up there, but I want you to hear these words. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. When Jesus talking about false prophets, he did not say false messiahs. He said false prophets. A prophet is someone who claims the authority Of of the word. They claim authority. I believe that this could mean preachers. But I know that it also means philosophers. Educators. Politicians. And I'm even going to throw in there YouTubers. And TikTokers. You know what all these people do? Prophetically. Prophetically. They try to influence culture, to reshape culture after its own image. Hear what we say, believe what we say, go with what we say. He said it's false prophecy. It's not from God. And he said what will happen as a result of this, lawlessness will abound. And as a result of lawlessness, whoo, I got the power. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. So here's what we got going on. They're trying to influence our thinking in order to reshape our society. And people start thinking crazy, whacked out thoughts. And as the scriptures already said in Isaiah, we talked about it a few weeks ago, they call... Evil, good, and then good, evil. And they just flip everything upside down. Till there is no need for any real law. And if you disagree with their frame of reference, then there will come lawlessness. Aggression. And then the love in people will grow cold. And indifferent, and so what we're seeing is that people are becoming more aggressive within the church. There's a spiritual apathy that's starting to come in because if I stand up to that, then I'm going to face the hardship of that, and so it'd be better for me to make like a chameleon and just blend in to society. Go to church, do my thing. Are you with me out there? But in worst case scenario, those who used to believe are becoming apostate in their faith. You've heard the expression, maybe, deconstructing the faith. And that's just another way of saying people are starting to deny the essentials of what we hold true in the word of God. And starting to say that Jesus is just one of many ways to glory. Or the Bible, well, it's got some good things, but come on, I gotta live my life by that. Yes, amen. 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 And all of this leads to people jumping ship. But we're not of the, we're not of that number, are we? Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm going to the other side. Go ahead and tell him. Here's the final sign that Jesus gave us in this passage. He said there's going to come an expansion of the gospel in all the world. Now this is good news. Everything up till now has been kind of, ah, ooh. It's been birth pains. But now we're having the baby. Amen. And he said in verse 14, and this... Gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations. And then the end will come. We are living, I believe in, I believe in one respect, we are living in evil days. But we are also living in a time of great awakening and a great evangelistic fervor. We are living in the time that God said in, in Daniel chapter 12, verse 4. He spoke this. He says, but you, Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book until the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro and knowledge shall increase. So when Daniel got the revelation about the end times and someday and maybe in this thing, I, maybe we'll go to Daniel chapter 9, I'm not sure daniel got a revelation god said now close the book on it because there's a day coming when all of this will begin to unfold and he said it will come with it will come with its own increase and its own intensity people will run to and fro and knowledge will increase jesus said the gospel will spread throughout the world and we're living in that time listen you can log on and go live any one of you with the word of god we're living in that kind of time Amen. Somebody reminded us just the other day when we had a little uh, church growth kind of thing going on here. How that before before 2020, a lot of churches were like, oh, we're not going on Facebook. Facebook is of the devil. When 2020 hit, every church in America (laughs) logged on and went live. All of a sudden, Facebook wasn't such an evil. Now, there might be some dark sides in it for certain. But, man, the Word of God filled the atmosphere. Amen. Come on now, this is good news. This is happening all over the world right now. The Word of God, I don't know if it's made, I don't, I, I'm quite certain it has not hit every island and every people group. But it has, the Word of God has spread so extensively and so rapidly. We thank God for this. We're seeing it right now. In our world and in our earth. Amen. Amen. Church, Jesus said, see the signs. Discern the times. you got to see the signs. And understand what's really going on. What is going on and what we're seeing and feeling right now. It may hurt. It may be painful. But breathe through it. Breathe through it. Because what's coming is going to be wonderful. Now, what do we do with this? Well, number two, if we're going to discern the times... And this is where I want to bring this to a conclusion. We need to take our stand in Jesus. We need to take a stand. Verse 13 says, but he who endures to the end shall be saved. Amen. But he who endures to the end. That word endure means to hold your ground in the face of conflict, to bear up under adversity, or to hold out under stress. The NIV captured it this way. He who stands firm to the end shall be saved. So if we're going to discern the times, we've got to see the signs. But also with that, we've got to stand our ground. All of us. We have to stand our ground in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we need to stand there. We it, Now is not the time to run, to hide, or to blend in. Now is the time to be the church of the living God in the earth. And so what does this look like? Well, let me give you four quick uh W words, because W means win, ultimately. But number one, be watchful. Everybody say, be watchful. Now let's just listen to Jesus' words. Jesus said, now learn this parable from the fig tree. When its branch has already become tender and puts forth leaves, you know that summer is near. So you also, when you see all these things, know that it is near At the doors. Assuredly, I say to you, this generation will by no means pass away till all these things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away. Before one of my words is going to pass away. Jesus said, here's what I want you to do. When you go out in the springtime and you see bud trees beginning to bud, you know that summer's on its way. When you see all of these things converging upon us, You need to be aware that Jesus is coming soon. I mean, we're close. We're close. And So he said, I want you to to believe my word. Heaven and earth will pass away before what I'm telling you is going to pass away. And then he goes on in verse 42 and he says, Watch therefore, for you do not know what hour your Lord is coming, but know this. That if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched. Everybody say watch. He would have watched and not his house, allowed his house to be broken into. Therefore, you also be ready for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you don't expect. Every once in a while, somebody shows up on the scene of Christianity and says, Jesus is going to come May 14th in 2011. Or 88 reasons why Jesus is coming in September, whatever, whatever, in 1988. I was there. I heard it all. I've seen these dates come and go. Jesus said, you don't know. Knock it off. But do be ready. Be watching. Luke said it this way. Jesus said, when you see all these things, lift up your head, for your redemption is drawing near. We need to get our head out of the molly grubs and out of disappointment and out of defeat and you know just being just being crazy going off in our, no we need to we need to see what's going on and look he's coming come on can I get a good amen so Jesus said watch he says be ready in that same passage he said Just as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the coming of the Son of Man. What was the days of Noah like? Well, every heart was against God and far from God. But beyond that, they just went on with life as usual. They were marrying and giving in marriage and just living, eating and drinking and making merry. They were just living life. All the while over there, Noah is building an ark because God said, there's judgment coming. The rain is going to fall. And people are like, well, we've never seen anything like that before. That's stupid. We'll just kind of carry on with our life. And they did. And Noah carried on building the ark. And they were good with their life until the rain started to fall. They were good with the choices they made until the rain started coming. You know what, church? We're the Noah of this generation. We need to be building the ark because we know that the judgment is coming. Judgment is coming on the earth. It's called the tribulation. The great tribulation. <laughs> we don't like talking about that too much. But it's real. And what's our call? What's our responsibility? Watch like. What's watching mean? Build your ark. You do what God told you to do. Be who God called you to be. Amen. Here's the next wise word. Oh, I already gave you the word. Be wise. Be wise. Jesus said in in, uh, verses 45 and 46, he says, Who then is a faithful and wise servant whom his master made ruler over his household to give him food in due season? Blessed is that servant whom the master, when he comes, will find doing. Be faithful. What does it mean to be? When you are faithful, you know what you are? You're wise. Wisdom, being a wise person, is to be a faithful person. What does a faithful person do? They be doing till the master comes. They don't be sitting around. They don't be playing games. They are doing what God left them here to do. They're about the father's business. They're investing their lives and their resources and their time into the will of God and the kingdom of God because the master is coming back. And he said, blessed is that servant. And wise is that servant, and faithful is that servant who be doing it when he shows up. Amen. And so we need to stick with the plan. And this is and, and this is the way it is. God wants us to be busy doing what he has called us to do until he comes back. Amen. Here's another one. Be warned. Everybody say, be warned. Be warned. Now it's not in Matthew. 24, but if you go into the next chapter, Matthew 25, he begins that chapter by talking about a picture of the church made up of five wise servants and five foolish servants. And these were a party to the to the bride who is waiting the bridegroom re- return. And these bridesmaids, five of them were wise. They had their lamps, their wicks trimmed and their lamps full of oil. And five of them did not. So that when the bridegroom returned, and they wanted to real quick get get their life in order, he said, no, it's too late. You weren't ready. Now, I don't care any way you slice that parable. That's sobering. Because Jesus is saying to us, In the context of his return. And he gives gives us what appears to me to be a percentage. Half the people who call themselves mine are not ready. I mean, I'm not saying that that is literally the case, but it appears that he is making a statement. And I think we need to be warned. We need to understand that this isn't a game. If I've got stuff in my life that shouldn't be in my life, this ain't a game. You need to get that out of your life. If there are things that are weighing you down, God wants you to live light on your feet. He wants you to be ready to go when he calls. And if we're bogged down with a bunch of stuff that's just drawing our attention away from him and 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 keeping us from a, a life fully surrendered to his will, whatever that is, I don't care what vice it is, what issue it is in our life. We need to get that stuff out of us so that we can be ready to go. And he said, be filled Or your lamp needs to be full of oil. And that reference of oil, I believe, is a reference to the Holy Spirit. God wants us to be full of the Spirit and full of power and full of love. Be ready to go. Amen. We need to be warned, church. Paul said it like this. This this scripture won't come up on the screen. But listen to his words. It's found in Ephesians chapter 5. He says, see then that you walk carefully. He's talking to the Christian. He says, Christian, I want you to be very careful how you walk. How you live your life from day to day to day. How you, uh, what kind of relationships you build up in your life. What kind of choices you're making. What kind of things you cling to. What kind of things you let go of. You need, you need to be careful about the way you walk. Listen to his words. Not as fools, but as wise redeeming the time everybody say redeeming the time he's saying we live in some times right now that you need to make the best use of the time that you have right now he said redeeming the times listen to these words because the days are evil therefore do not be unwise but understand what the Lord is how many know that you can know God's will for your life and I got news for some of us what we're doing right now that ain't his will But God loves you enough today to call out to you To say, I've got a will for you. And he said, do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Stop leading on artificial stimulant, drugs, marijuana, all of that other stuff that we put so much time and energy into. Listen, I'm not here to beat anybody up. I'm just saying that if there's anything in our life that we got that's pulling us down, weighing us down, we need to get rid of it and get filled with the Holy Spirit. And I'm telling you right now, there is power right now available today at these altars. If you've got Issues with nicotine, if you've got issues with any kind of vice in your life, I believe we have praying people up here. They can lay their hands on you, and they can help you to walk in the freedom of the Lord. Listen, if I don't believe that, I don't believe anything. If I don't believe that God can work a miracle and set the captive free, I don't, I, we might as well lay, close up the Bible, lay it down, and leave. Amen. Amen. Are you with me out there? Listen, if you feel like getting up and leaving, we've already had a dozen people do that this morning. But I'm going to preach God's word. I need to hear God's word. Do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Just pray that prayer to the Lord right now. Lord, fill me with your spirit. You don't even have to wait to come to the altar. Just right there in your seat. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. God, fill us. Here's one final thing that Jesus says. He said, be a witness. Be a witness. Now listen to these words. I'm going to give this to you and then I'm going to close. In fact, if I can have Katie come up here. And Jesus said, in this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations. And then, the end will come. In Matthew chapter 28, Jesus said, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. In Acts chapter 1 verse 8, he says, but you shall receive power. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. So here's what here's here's how I discern the times in which I live. I need to see the signs because they're clear. I need to be watching and I need to be warned and I need to be wise in my conduct and my behavior. But I need to be a witness. To be a witness. God is looking for you and I to be the witness. This isn't up to somebody else to do. It's for you and me to do. It's our call. It's our privilege to be a witness. Like Daniel preached last week about revealing Jesus everywhere you go. That's what a witness is, essentially. When a lawyer goes to court, they get their they get all their witnesses together which are an evidence for their case of what they saw, what they heard, what they experienced. And that's what Jesus has called us all to do, to be a witness. You're an evidence of the case, of the reality of the life, love, and power of Jesus Christ. You've heard Him, you've experienced Him, you know Him. He's transformed your life. And now God wants you and I to go out and fill the earth. Amen. And be a witness. Amen. Hang on just a second. Let's all stand together. Can you just, uh, let's just pause right now. Just If you would, just lift your hands with me and pray just for a moment. Just offer up yourself to Jesus. we honor you in this place right now we honor you in this place right now Lord come and have your way these, in these moments together in Jesus name Sabine will you come over here please and let's just posture our heart to receive
1: I was uh, at first I wasn't really sure uh, if I should share that word but because of pastors preaching Uh, I just felt I really need to share this word. Uh, It was a word all week, really, uh, Galatians 6, 7. Do not be deceived. God will not be mocked. What man sows, he will reap. And I feel the Lord saying, If you sow good, that's what you will reap. If you feel bad, so bad, that's what you will reap. Now is still the time of repentance. Kneel down, confess, it is still time, time of repentance. But be sure of one thing, what you have sown, you will reap. God will not be mocked.
0: Amen. Thank you, Lord. Now can I can I have the prayer people come on up here? Let me and, and just to what Sabine just said, I want to you know validate that word because that is scripture, that is of the Lord. And the call to repentance is not a is not a call to say, oh God, I'm really sorry about the way I've screwed up my life, and oh, I just feel so bad, and then walk away feeling like, oh, I got it all repaired. Repentance means to change the mind. Amen. And we need to be renewed in, and transformed by the renewing of our mind. And so I believe that there is power available today to break off bondages, but that, that will have to be lived, be lived out every day of your life in true repentance and transform transformation of the way we think. And so I believe God wants to work in some lives here today. If you don't know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, today would be a great day. If you're sick in body and you need, and you want a healing touch, today at these altars you can come and receive prayer. Or if there's some issue in your life that you want freedom from, it's really been a bondage to you, and you understand that God will set the captive free, then we want to invite you to come today and receive prayer because God loves you. God loves you. He wants to, he wants to change your life. He wants to transform you. And so I'm going to pray this prayer. And when I'm done praying this prayer, you, will, you all can be dismissed. But if you want prayer, need prayer, desire prayer, come up here, come to one of these individuals. They would love to pray for you. It's been so good to be with you today, but let's just end right now. One more time, if you could just lift your hands with me right now and just complete surrender and honor to the Lord. God, we lift our hands in worship and praise to you right now. We thank you for your presence under this tent and this beautiful Sunday morning overlooking this valley and this region, God, that we live in. And we just say, God, you are good. You are so good Thank you for the rain that has been falling. Thank you, Lord, that the smoke's not choking us out. Thank you, God, for your goodness in our lives. But I pray, too, God, that we would just be equipped in mind and spirit to live victoriously in these days that we live in, God, and not be defeated in our mind or in our emotions about what's going on. But, God, that we would be strong in these evil days, God, and that we would be wise and redeem the time. So I just pray today for anyone in this tent right now, God, who needs to encounter your power and your presence, God, that you would just show up right now. Lord, you are welcome here. Have your way in these next few moments. God, God have, be, be glorified in our lives, we pray, in Jesus' name. And everybody says, amen, amen. amen.